Praise God. You know, it pays to, to be wise in your finances. It pays for the church to be a giving. This is a giving church. We sell finances. Years ago, we, we got a, a new roof put on. Insurance paid for it. But it's leaking. It's leaking. So, Pastor Brad, God bless him, been working with the company they're going to start next week and go over and put a whole new membrane on, just not just one half, but the whole thing. And they're going to foot the bill, probably forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 See, God rebukes the devourer for your sake. Whether you're a church itself, you are the church, the body of Christ. And so it pays to do it God's way. And then God will bless you and take care of you. Amen? What subject have we been on for a long time? Purpose. Say, I have a purpose for my life. And we gave you the scripture. And, you know, the reason this preacher goes over and over and over and over and over, and then he goes over and over and over and over again, because you got to get it, you got to hear it over and over. Then it gets from here to here. And you start believing it. And I want everyone here to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He didn't promise it'd be easy. Some of it, of you haven't had it easy, but, you know, if you stick and stay, it will pay. Scripture says, and this is the scripture that I gave you at the first of the year. It says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him. Amen? You could say for those who tithe. Because if you tithe, that really shows you love God. Oh, I won't go there. I'm expanding. For those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits that he has bestowed. So you've got to hear it over and over that you, you serve a good God, a loving God, a loving Heavenly Father. He has a plan <clears throat> and a purpose for your life. I want to read this to you. <clears throat> it says, born to be radical. It says, I have not called you to blend in but stand out, says the Spirit, for you have been born to radically represent godliness and the miraculous and I've put a resounding message in your mouth, and I've reserved for this time. And she gives the scripture, it says in Romans 9, 17, <clears throat> even for this purpose, or for this same purpose, have I raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. This scripture was written to Pharaoh in the days of Moses to show that God raises people up for his purpose. Not only does God raise up servants like Moses, but he also raises up other figures such as Pharaoh. Think about that. Or Barack Obama. I'm not worried now because I, I won't get arrested, I don't think. Thrown in jail. But he raises up other figures such as Pharaoh so that his glory might be made manifest. God sets up the scene and is in control of who does what. Say, my God is in control. 
<clears throat> this means that the Lord will always have a vessel of some form ready for whatever the season upon the earth might be. Even in the days when Jesus was about to make his triumphal entry in Jerusalem, he told his disciples to find a little donkey that was tied up at a nearby town. Sure enough, the donkey was there. Even this little seemingly insignificant donkey was born for a radical purpose and was in the right place at the right time. If the Lord can raise up Pharaoh and a little donkey, what can he do with us, his vessels of righteousness? You've been born to stand out in a radical way. Say that with me. I've been born to stand out in a radical way. Your birth was no accident. You have a unique part to play with a unique message that has been reserved for no other time in history. You were born to be radical for God. She says, Father, and she praises, I know that I've been born for no other time in history. My birth was no accident, and I am a unique message for this hour. Help me to walk it out because I'm born to be radical for you in the name of Jesus. Was that little baby a surprise? Well, it's not a surprise to God because she was born for a purpose. Amen? Amen. I, I like that. I like to know that God's got my back. I, I like to know that, that God is for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Now, if God gives you a purpose and assigns a purpose and a plan to your life, you're going to have opposition. The devil comes as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but we need to resist him. He's really not a, a roaring lion. He might have a big bark or a big growl, but... Amen. He's defeated. Satan is defeated. Now, <clears throat> we says, if you're going to fulfill God's purpose for your life, let me look at my clock here because we've got people that have reservations. Okay. If you're going to fulfill God's purpose for your life, you must be willing to be stripped of all what? Pride. I've, we're going through this methodically, step by step, because there's things we need to know about the purpose of God for our life. But if you've got pride in your life, you're going to have a hard time flowing with God. Pride will prevent you and I from being promoted in his kingdom. Humility is the key to promotion and success. Say that with me. Humility is the key to promotion and success. You can humble yourself, which is far better than God himself humbling you. So <clears throat> it pays to, you know, when you start, you're, you're seeking after God's plans and purposes, the best place to be is on your knees. The best place is in your secret place, your prayer closet, when you're crying out to him. And that's humbling yourself. You need to do that. Now, Quickly, pride defined, it's an unduly high opinion of oneself, exaggerated self-esteem, conceit, haughty behavior, arrogance. How many have ever known a, a person that was arrogant? How many have ever been arrogant? Almost got you. <clears throat> it's a pharisaical sin characterized by superiority of attitude. It is the very opposite of Jesus' claim for himself. Meek and lowly. You know, being humble. I'll never forget when Caleb and I went hunting. We got hunters here today. We went hunting to, to Montana 
for antelope. And there was a guy there, and I, I called him Mr. Hollywood. Now, the guy that had the hunting place was from Nebraska, and real, a real nice, quiet guy. I, we really like him, young man. But this other guy that had his, must have had an interest in this hunting place, he'd walk into a room, and he'd let everybody know he was in the room. You ever been around people like that? Because he was kind of loud and brash, and he knew it all. And it really, you don't want to be around somebody like that. Well, he's not with them anymore, and that's a good thing. But, you know, we need to humble ourselves. See, I need to humble myself. Where, where did pride originate? Lucifer. Who's Lucifer? The devil, okay? Pride and rebellion, we said number two, are... are Rebellion and, our rebellion and pride are twins. They go together. You can't have one without the other. So if you got people stirring up trouble in a church, what is the root cause of all that? Pride, okay. And we said if you have pride in your heart, then you are in rebellion against God. We said God hates pride. Say God hates pride. And we said in the last days... It says, men, it tells us in Timothy, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, and proud. We also said pride is associated with what kind of heart? An evil heart. See, I'm saying all this because we need to realize that pride is a sin. We get off on all these other sins, but I tell you what, pride is rebellion against God's kingdom, and pride is hated by God, and it's a sin. Amen? We said in Daniel 5, pride will harden your heart. It says, but when his heart, speaking of the king, was lifted up and his spirit was hardened with pride. Now look at Proverbs 26. We'll go on. I'm keeping it short today because it's Mother's Day and everybody has plans. Everyone say short, but powerful. Amen. Proverbs 26. Let's go on and we're going to, I'm going to give you the rest of the characteristics. And then next week, I'm going to devote one whole message to one thing concerning pride. Proverbs 26 and look at verse 12. Here's another characteristic of pride. It says, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a what? Fool than for him. The Message Bible says it this way. See that man who thinks, or see that man who thinks he's so smart, you can expect more from a fool than from him. So I want you to know, this is what God says. If you and I are operating in pride and there's pride in our life, you are worse than a fool. And Proverbs is full of scriptures about a foolish man. So that should, you know, motivate you and I to stay out of pride, to keep our heart right. And if there is pride, repent of it. Get it out of there because it's, it's worse than being a fool. Here's another one. Look at Psalm 10. Psalm chapter 10, 
pride in your heart will hinder you from fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. Because basically, when you're in pride, you're saying, I'll do it my way, God, I don't need you. Psalm chapter 10 and verse 4, it says, The wicked in his what? Proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. So, if, if you've got pride in your heart, you're not, even, you're not really even thinking about God. Because who are you thinking about? Yourself. The Message Bible says it this way. The wicked snub God. Their noses are stuck high in the air. Their graffiti is scrawled on the walls. Catch us if you can. God is dead. Boy, that's the spirit of the world, isn't it, right now? Their noses are in the air. Graffiti is scrawled on the walls. Catch us if you can. God is dead. I got news for you. God is not dead. He's very much alive. The third thing here, look at Jeremiah 49. Jeremiah chapter 49. I hope that these scriptures I'm giving you will motivate you to make sure your heart's right and keep your heart right. Jeremiah 49, 16, and this is speaking against Edom. There were two nations, Edom and Israel, who were marked by animosity. They didn't get along. They were rivals. And it began long ago with, with, two, with twin brothers named Esau and Jacob. You remember them? They parted company. And they had a rivalry all the years of their life. And this is God's judgment on Edom. Verse 16, it says, Your fierceness has deceived you, the pride of your heart. Now listen to me. This is really important because this is a characteristic in the last days in which we live. Pride will bring deception. Pride will bring deception. You will be de- you'll deceive yourselves or open your, yourself up for deception if you have a hard heart, if you have a proud spirit, a proud attitude. You're going to be easily deceived. You think there are people to deceive right now? You think there's anybody deceived in the church today? Sure. A lot of stems from pride. Your fierceness has deceived you, the pride of your heart. Here's another one. <coughs> Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And verse 2. Boy, I just think these, these scriptures are going to motivate you and I to stay out of pride. It says, when pride comes, verse 2, Proverbs 11 Then comes what? Shame. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is what? Wisdom. But with the humble is wisdom. So uh, pride will bring shame and it will exclude wisdom. So if you have pride in your heart, what's what's shame mean? I'll give you, let me give you uh, the amplified translation. It says, when swelling of pride comes, then emptiness and shame come also. 
But with the humble, those who are lowly, who have been pruned, are chiseled by trial. (laughs) We don't like that part. Who have been pruned, are chiseled by trial, and renounce self, come skillful and godly wisdom and soundness. Let me read that again. When swelling of pride comes, then emptiness and shame come also. But with the humble... Those who are lowly, who have been pruned and chiseled by trial and renounce self, come skillful and godly wisdom and soundness. Shame here is defined as disgrace, dishonor, and here's another word, confusion. Think about that. If you're going to live your life and do it your way all the time, you're going to open yourself, you're going to up, you're going to set yourself up for a fall, and you're going to be ashamed. Why are you going to be ashamed? Because all those previous years, you've done it on your own. You've tried to make it yourself. Make, you know, fleshly decisions. Make decisions every day by the flesh, by emotion, instead of living in accordance to the Word. Bottom line... If you're a proud individual, you're just saying, I don't need you, God. I don't need you, Father. I don't need your word. Who's that sound like today in the world in which we live? And that's a dangerous place. You're setting yourself up for dishonor, disgrace, and confusion. Another gentleman by the name of David Thomas wrote this concerning this scripture. Pride excludes wisdom. Wisdom cannot dwell with pride. Indeed, pride will not allow it to enter. The proud man is so self-sufficient, has such a high estimate of his own knowledge that he feels no need of further light. Boy, I don't know about you. This just kind of makes me want to do a checkup on my heart. My life, my attitude in every area of my life. Because I'll tell you something, folks. Everyone in this room has pride. Oh, that went over big. It's truth. We're all at different levels of spirituality. We're all at different stages of our growth. But you can be an old person in the Lord and still have pride in your heart. You think it's a dangerous place to be? Yes. The proud man is so self-sufficient, has such a high estimate of his own knowledge that he feels no need of further light. That's why we got to drain the swamp. Yes. A couple more. Look at Proverbs 13. You all know this one. Proverbs 13. Verse 10, 
By pride comes, comes nothing but strife. But with the well-advised is, remember, pride and wisdom can't dwell together. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. The Message Bible says, an arrogant know-it-alls stir up discord. But wise men and women listen to each other's counsel. Pride leads to arguments. Be humble, take advice, and become wise. So if you got strife in your house, you got strife on the job, you got strife in the local church, what problem do we really have? A pride issue. Because someone somewhere wants to exalt their agenda instead of God's. You know, it's good. You know, it's, it's so important. P- periodically, I'll even call Dr. Gann and ask him some advice. If you can't ad- ask advice of someone, and you're too proud to go to someone for advice, then you're in trouble. Boy, it's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. If you can't ask someone for help or someone for advice, why do you think God gave the church shepherds? You can go all the counselors you want and try to get a worldly solution. It ain't going to help. It all stems to the heart. It's a heart problem. It's a heart issue. And if you don't want to ask help from God then go ahead, live your life. You're setting yourself up for a fall. Look at Proverbs 16. How many want to be humble after listening to this? (laughs) How many want to stay humble? Stay teachable. Proverbs 16, verse 18, you all know this one too, this last one. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to to divide the spoil or plunder with the proud. Here's, Here's another translation. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego the harder the fall. Let's stop there. So what would you learn today? Don't, yeah, it's a sin. If you're too proud to ask for help or go to someone and pour out your heart, dear Lord, that's not the place to be. Humility is the answer. Let's stand to our feet today. Look at your neighbor and say, gee, I'm glad he kept it short. Short but powerful. Why? Because I gave you the Scripture. And the Scripture's full of power, light, and life. It's a lamp to your feet and a light onto your pathway. Chase, you got a job, I hear. 
It's good. You know why you got a job? You're blessed. How'd you do last night? Fourth. Oh, well. God will chisel some of that. You get, don't want any pride thinking you can be number one every week because then you'll end up number four and then you'll humble yourself and you'll come back and be number one again. God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. Father, in the name, lift your hands to God. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so thankful that you sent the Holy Spirit to teach us and to train us. You're doing that today because you teach and train through your word. And so, Father, the word has gone forth. It's been planted into the hearts of these people. And Satan, you'll not steal the word of God in Jesus' name, but it shall bear fruit. I take authority and I bind up the spirit of pride over this church and the hearts of the people. And I declare and decree the people of Harvest Church have humble hearts, repentant hearts, teachable hearts, willing to serve you and fulfill your plans and purposes. So, Father, I thank you as we humble ourselves here. You will exalt us. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy for your people this day and even in the days ahead for this new week. And, Lord, let them reflect during the course of this week, reflect upon the words they heard this day. Let it motivate every one of us to renew our minds to the fact that we are called to be meek and lowly of heart, just like our Master and our Savior, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, this day for your goodness. And I call every one of these mothers today blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially. And, Lord, you said that if we would delight ourselves in you, you would give us the desires of our heart. Give these mothers today the desires of their heart. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anyone here today? If you're sick in body, I will pray for you. Anybody? Are you all well and healthy? It's the way we're supposed to be. Van Houtens, you're blessed when you go. You're blessed going out. You're blessed coming in. Be blessed in your hunting and fishing endeavors and the angels of God encamped around you to deliver you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, <clears throat> let me tell you something. You don't have to wait till next year to come back. You can come back sooner. Amen. You just like your Uncle Doug. <laughs> we love you. Thanks for coming. God bless you today. Yes. Prayer Wednesday at 7. Oh, that's right. Tonight at 7 o'clock on Fox. Young lady in our church is at the Miss America pageant. Miss, oh, Miss USA. I'm glad they weren't here to hear that. I'm geared to way back. It's Miss USA. And we don't know. I don't know where she is in the standings. 